Welcome to Are You Kidding Me? A pediatric podcast for parents like you about kids like me. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Are You Kidding Me? A pediatric podcast for parents brought to you by Pediatrics in Brevard. I am your host, Katie Parsons, and I am joined with our expert pediatrician, Dr. Tara Forsair. How are you today, Tara? I'm doing well, Katie. Thank you for having me again. You know, we've covered a lot of really serious things and maybe even outside the box things that could happen during childhood. But I'm really excited about today's episode because we're talking about things that will happen and things you should expect in the preventative health for your kids, whether that's checkups, um, development, things along those lines. So I'm really looking forward to this. And I think parents are going to get a lot of answers to questions they probably have. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just start there. You know, of course people think of the pediatrician when someone's sick or when they need a medication prescribed. Of course, adults are the same way with their primary care physicians. But let's just talk a little bit about the importance of seeing your healthcare provider when you're well and what that looks like for children. Right. And it's especially important with children, I would say, because so much is happening in that, you know, first 20 years of life, right? There's so many different things that we're discovering about the child in terms of their development and their growth and uh, making sure that there aren't any um, underlying conditions that maybe haven't been recognized yet. So coming in for well care is essential and um, we use it as an opportunity to explore all elements of the child's well-being. Hmm. Everything physical, mental, social, um, health, all of those things. Um, and there, we do have guidelines that we um, try to follow. Um, so the American Academy of Pediatrics has put together this national health promotion and prevention initiative called Bright Futures. So most pediatricians should be following the Bright Futures guidelines for you know, what types of supervision and screening should happen at health visits for children and when they should come in for health visits, all of that. Um, And these are guidelines that are evidence-driven, so there's research behind them. Um, So that is uh, what we follow, so. Okay. And of course, you know, the most obvious way that this happens are the physical exams, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, so we start off, usually your um, baby after they're born, are gonna follow up with their pediatrician a couple days after they're out of the hospital. And then typically we see them pretty frequently for through the first couple of years of life because that's when you are noticing a lot of growth and developmental issues and really trying to spot those early. And of course, a lot of the immunizations are occurring at those ages too. Mm-hmm. So we typically will see children at two weeks of age, one month of age, then two, four, six, nine months of age, and then it spreads out a little bit to 12, 15, 18, mm-hmm. and 24 months. Then it spreads out again to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to two and a half, and then three. And then after three, it's yearly. So like I said, those first couple of years especially, um, we have frequent visits. And, and then it begins to spread out a little bit once we have a feeling for um, you know, the child's um, uh, health and development. Mm-hmm. And what sorts of things you know, can parents expect that will be checked when you go to those exams? So when it comes to the physical measurements, um, at every well check, they should have a height and a weight on the child. Um, 
up until about two, we're doing head circumferences as well to make sure that there's room for brain growth and that that is um, developing along uh, its appropriate curve. Also in those younger children, we do weight for length. We look at you know whether their weight is appropriate for their length. After two, then we're looking at body mass index. A lot of people know that term, mm-hmm. but that's another um, uh, type of measurement that looks at whether your weight's appropriate for your height. Um, and then of course, blood pressures, you're gonna just start doing, especially once they're old enough to get an accurate one. So um, typically at two or three, we start to do that um, consistently at all their well visits as well. Mm-hmm. So those are the kinds of physical measurements that we're looking at. Great. And then I remember this even from when I took my little ones in the sensory screenings that Mm -hmm. happen at these appointments. So you're thinking like vision and hearing. Mm -hmm. So um, we actually start doing um, vision screens as early as six months of age. Um, Now we have a a little device in our office that will allow us to do that. Once they're older, we can use, you know, your Snellen eye chart where they have to stand and tell you what the letters are or the shapes. Those are happening periodically. Again, it's pretty frequent during the preschool years. And then it starts to spread out a little bit as they get older too. And same thing with hearing. So hearing usually um, it's difficult to do um, uh, without an audiologist equipment until they're old enough to participate. So we start doing the hearing usually in the preschool age. Um, But all children usually are screened they have a newborn hearing screen initially mm-hmm. right after birth in the hospital so that they um, uh, can be sure that they, you know, they don't recognize any hearing problems. And if you notice problems in that screening, then does it get elevated to a specialist? That's a great question, Katie. So um, when it comes to vision screenings, yes. Sometimes there might be certain things at the six-month visit that I know often improve on their own so I may just check them again at the nine month and if it's better then I won't refer them Um, but typically yes we send them to an ophthalmologist um, if they're younger or an optometrist if they're older um, if we notice any kind of vision um, concerns when it comes to hearing so again I frequently will find kids whose hearing is a little off And that may be because they have allergies going on or a recent cold and they have that fluid in the ear. Um, That can affect their conductive hearing. Mm. And so a lot of times I'll just bring them back in a month or two and recheck it. And then if there's problems at that time, then I'll send them to the audiologist. Okay. That's good to know. And that makes sense, too, that there could be other things influencing the vision and hearing. So Mm -hmm. kind of looking for patterns in that as they get a little older. And then what about like developmental screenings, behavioral, mental health? What does that look like for the littlest ones and then as they grow? Um, right. So where we start actually is with the mom. So we start doing postpartum um, depression screenings at about a month of age and through six months. Um, so and with these we're, when we talk about screenings, usually it's a um, standardized um, tool that we use, you know, like specific questions that have been tested to show that they have a high probability of being reliable results, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's a correlation between a positive result on there and actually having the condition. 
as opposed to like surveillance questions, which is just like, does your kid do this? And you know, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Which are not necessarily as reliable, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times we're using like a standardized screen that has actually been um, tested to show that it that it actually does what it says it does. It's mm-hmm. predictive mm-hmm. in okay. some way. So we do um, a standardized postpartum depression screen um, from one month to six months. Um, and then we'll do developmental screens also through childhood. There are, Bright Futures recommends um, at least three um, actual screening um, sessions uh, in early childhood. Um, other after you know at other visits we might just do those surveillance questions where we just ask some questions i sometimes like to do the the actual screens a little bit more frequently myself because i feel like that gives me a little bit more information about how the child's progressing and there are a number of those so different practices or offices or even providers within a practice may choose um, a different screen that they think um, works better for their practice style Mm mm-hmm so, so there's different ones of those. And then um, autism screening is also recommended. So we do a um, what's called the MCHAT, which is a modified checklist for autism and toddlers at the 18-month and the two-year visit. And so um, that's just you know, a list of questions that the parents fill out that um, uh, gives us information and about whether or not the child has symptoms of autism that need to be referred to um, for further evaluation. So those are all like the very common early childhood type screens we might do. Once we get into the teen years, then we're looking at adolescent depression and suicide risk. So we have um, screens for that that are um, recommended starting at age 12 and then up through the remainder of adolescence. So all of those well visits during the teen years, um, we, we use that. And I will say that I often have positive screens on those and the parents are surprised so I do think it's helpful sometimes the parents are kind of like oh why is my kid filling this out but I think it's important because the kids are often very honest on on the screens about how they're really feeling and it gives us an opportunity to have a discussion about um, what's what's going on and sometimes the parents like I said are surprised with the severity of of, um, what comes up yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes you just need to ask, and maybe it's better if it's not a parent asking some of it, too. They feel like they can open up. Right, right. We do also have um, screens for anxiety and, and other types of conditions, too, that we may use if that is seems warranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the depression screen we do on all kids. And outside of the screenings we've talked about so far, are there other labs or procedures you know parents should know about or expect? Absolutely. So again, we'll go back to the newborn period. Typically, all children um, at about 24 hours of age will get a um, bilirubin check. Um, So about a day, day and a half um, of age, they will get their um, bilirubin checked. And that is a chemical that is caused by the breakdown of red blood cells. And it causes jaundice. So a lot of people have heard the word jaundice Mm -hmm. before. But the bilirubin is actually the chemical that causes it. So that's what we test for. Um, So all children will get that check done. And then depending on how high it is, um, it gets placed on an algorithm to see if that puts the child at high risk, low risk, or intermediate risk. And then depending on that, um, they may need treatment or just um, follow up with their pediatrician once they Mm -hmm. leave the hospital. 
So that's typically um, done right away. And also um, in the hospital too, two other um, procedures are typically done. One is um, checking for um, cardiac risk. So they will um, check the child's oxygen saturation to make sure they don't have a congenital heart defect that um, causes them to be cyanotic. Mm. Um, so they're mainly screening for that. And then their metabolic screen. So this is something that other people might have heard called PKU. But the PKU is actually just one type of um, metabolic disease, phenylketonuria. And that term has been used for this test. But really, nowadays, we can check for all sorts of inherited conditions. So we're checking for sickle cell anemia or other types of um, hemoglobin problems. Or we check for um, hypothyroidism and um, all sorts of kind of inherited um, genetic conditions that may lead to you not processing or met- metabolizing uh, nutrients the way that you mm. should. Okay. So they can actually, they do this just by getting like a drop of blood. So it's actually very efficient testing and pretty amazing. They actually can test for cystic fibrosis with that too. Wow. So there's a whole lot of different things that get tested there and that gets sent to the state lab um, for evaluation. And mm-hmm. then typically if there's an abnormality, then they will contact the parents as well as the, their pediatrician on record um, to follow up and figure out what has to happen with the child. Hmm. So that's a very important screen and really should be done on all kids. We typically will check a hemoglobin and lead um, twice during sort of the infant toddler years. Um, sometimes we'll see babies who, um, for whatever reason, are anemic um, around the nine month visit. So nine to 12 months, somewhere in there, usually as a check. And then typically we do that again at 18 months. Um, and um, lead screenings are recommended to have done twice before two years of age as well. So typically we just do those together since we're, you know, we're, get, we're pricking their finger mm-hmm. for, for blood anyway. Um, so those things are done together. And then again, we'll start doing like hemoglobin checks um, on uh, teenage girls who are menstruating. Um, to make sure that their blood loss isn't enough that they're actually becoming anemic with it. Mm -hmm. So that's another type of um, procedure that can be done. And then there's also lipid screening. So that's your cholesterol and triglycerides. So that gets um, usually like between 9 and 11 at least one time, and then again um, between 17 and 21 years of age. Um, It's recommended to do um, cholesterol screening. So we do that too for their lipids. And um, and then of course the big one is immunizations, right? I'm I left it till this point in the end the <laughs> thing, but yes, um, it, that's not the only thing to that we do at all of these well care visits, right. but it is an important thing that we do at many of the visits. So immunizations are really important, um, and that is you know the epitome of preventative health, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you know trying to prevent um, children dying or um, being seriously ill from a number of different infections. Mm-hmm. And then typically we'll we'll do um, some urines on on teenagers over the age of sixteen for sexually transmitted infections like gonorrhea and chlamydia. So and those are that's a urine test for that, mm-hmm. not a blood test. Okay, yep. that's just a urine. So they just give us a urine sample and we can run that test. Um, and we do that um, pretty routinely as well. Okay. And I know we've talked about some of the immunizations. Are there any that are maybe newer that parents may not know that maybe they didn't get when they were a kid? Oh. You know, in another episode, we talked about the rotavirus. Right. That one's newer? Or has that been around for a long time? Uh, so rotavirus is, 
newer, I guess I would mm-hmm. say when I was in um, medical school, they actually pulled a rotavirus vaccine off the market okay. because of side effects. And then um, they made a newer one, and that's the one we're using now. But we've had it for quite a while now, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably a good 15 years we've been using this one. Um, and, of course, the HPV is newer, mm-hmm. but, again, it's been way over a decade, probably 15 right. years on that one as well. So so other than the the COVID vaccine is probably <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> the only one that's truly new. That's new, um, new. But all the others we've been using long enough that we have plenty of data on them. Right. And you know they're effective. Yeah. Great. And then I know uh, you aren't a dentist, but how important is the oral health of children? And, you know, how does your practice and other pediatricians support that? And what advice do you give to parents? Um, so we do recommend, well, actually, it is recommended for children to start seeing a dentist um, soon after the eruption of their of their teeth. Hmm. However, it can be difficult to get in with a dentist at that young age. So uh, at least here locally, most of our dentists don't want to do routine care, like just, you know, um, uh, cleanings and that sort of thing until the children are at least three and can cooperate. So before that, that is the place where your pediatrician might be able to help out by doing, um, like putting on fluoride on their teeth. Mm -hmm. So that is something that we do offer at our practice, um, and many pediatricians do, that we do um, fluoride application on the teeth as soon as they start having teeth. Mm. And it can be done every three to six months um, until about age three, and then we recommend that they see the the dentist at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, otherwise, we do recommend that they use fluorinated water. Um, So if you're making up their bottles, using fluorinated water, having them drink city water uh, that has fluoride in it, uh, again, to prevent cavities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. You mentioned before age three, so do you ever see any sort of issues? Is it common to see any sort of issues with teeth before that age? Like, I'm listening as a parent, and I'm thinking, gosh, three years is a long time to not have my kids' teeth, like, officially examined and cleaned. But do you find that that's usually just fine no well depends for for many families that is true um but there are let, lots of kids that start having cavities before then mm. and so if like i said the dentists don't want to do routine care necessarily until they're older but if there's a problem then they will often see them younger okay so if you are noticing your child having discoloration or they have a chipped tooth or something's painful or swollen, like if there's a, an issue, then you should take them to the, see the dentist for sure. Okay. That's good advice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for covering all of these. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it so we we a actually lot. do a lot at all of these visits. I was going to say, there's a lot involved. <laughs> it's not just you go in, they take your weight, and then they give you a shot, <laughs> which is kind of how my memories of like my little littles taking in seem to uh, be burned into my brain. But going down this list with you has oh yes that's right they right. did check right. for there's the a hearing. lot going they, on behind the scenes about how we are trying to care for your child and uh, make sure that their their overall well-being both their physical mental health all of those things are where they should be and it's very systematic too yes and that makes me feel really good about you know where we are yeah. uh, with this type of care for our children because it's it's 
seeing this all outlined, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see why they would check that then and this then and the mental health component. And really, this has been a really holistic picture Mm -hmm. of what you're able to do. So I know I'm very appreciative as well as all the parents listening right now. but that's what we're here for. Yes, to take absolutely. care of the kids and make the parents' jobs easier. Yes, and thank you to you and all of the providers at Pediatrics in Brevard, and thank you for listening to Are You Kidding Me, a pediatric podcast for parents. Please like and subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we will see you on the next episode. You've been listening to Are You Kidding Me, a pediatric podcast for parents like you. Hear you next time.